don't I don't understand why people act like sleeping on the couch is such a bad thing. Yo, really? I so nice. Like, I'm that's, that's like a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I get to stay up as long as I want, watch what I want. I get to play video games. Yo, you really a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sleeping, on, sleeping on the couch is like a sleepover with the living room TV. <laughs> Here. Here. Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It with the Homie. It's your boy, the illustrious CJ, here with the man who has finally decided to I'm coming home, Eugene. What's going on, people? I'm here with the guy who did not know that Cream was a song, but he's from New York. We will get there. In the other corner, she's tiny but mighty. Itty bitty. We just found out that one summer, yes, in the summer, she worked as an elf on the shelf. It's D. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say y'all so disrespectful? Uh, disrespectful look being an elf on the shelf is a very respectable occupation mm-hmm. so you should right. you should be honored and it's the only time people will ever look up to you only You're time because right. you on the shelf get it, <laughs> you get it. <laughs> yeah jokes just just a few i just i have a question before we before we get into everything D, mean, you don't you? you don't have a question d are you being a black woman and taking your hair out while yeah, we are recording. Hair, my hair itches. Wow. <laughs> so, yes, I took it out. It's Shout out to washing set. I feel you. Shout out to all the black women out there. They totally get it. Like, it, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was a one day wear anyway. It's time to come out. Oh, that, that ponytail looked like um, little girl from uh, Crooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, like Troy the boy. <laughs> oh man, disrespectful. What's up, man? How y'all feeling this week? I'm good. Feeling good. How, how are you? What um what quarter are we in? Uh, first quarter, fifty one seconds left. The score is okay. seven to seven. Okay. Uh, who's who's going to play the whole the whole time? I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but I'm going to continue to answer the question that was asked to me. And I'm okay. I'm tired. Uh, I had some uh, some interesting phone calls today. Several interesting phone calls today that uh, could mean promising things for my literary career. Who knows? I'll find out soon. Oh, I thought you were talking about some other kind of phone calls. You got your, I thought you got your results back. Like, okay. <laughs> D, how are you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. Still holding on, maintaining. <clears throat> Job searching okay. is not for the faint of heart. Yes. yes. Nope. But no, we are the fun not. employed and we are here. I'm you know, employed. I, it's not fun no more. I'm gonna go ahead and, and be the first <laughs> <to> say. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun when you know you could just go to the pool and be like yeah you know my phone blowing up recruiters now it's like a, it's a lot it's a lot now you refreshing that email every, every three seconds yeah yeah that part like that, like that. they ain't on back ah sick of glass door sending me these emails i don't want this job they'd All be the, the worst 
I think I got mm-hmm. a big call for an electrician. She was like, yeah, we need electricians. Why, do you think I'm going, why would you think I'm going to be able to reach anything? <laughs> nope. You're right. I actually would use my height in that instance. Nah, I can't reach that. That ain't going to work. Uh, so can we can we get into Hurdle or are we, are we saving that? All right, go, go ahead. Do you, you, you ever play Hurdle? You ever play Hurdle? No, what is that? Okay, you play Wordle, right? Yes. Okay, so Hurdle is like Wordle where they play a song, they play snippets of a song starting from the beginning mm-hmm. and you have six tries to guess the song. So I put Claude into it. Well, I just sent Claude. So I was like, yo, I'll be killing that hurdle. So he's like, what is hurdle? And so I'm like, oh, he's going to try it today. Surely he'll get it. He'll get it. I got it within the first <laughs> second. They play one, they start off with one second and they end up playing to like 15. So you have like mm-hmm. 15 seconds to guess and you get six tries. So I played it. I got in the first second. Boom. I sent it to Claude. He was like, oh, I got to try it. He texts me back like five minutes later. I can't believe I didn't get cream. I said, what? Cream. Wu-Tang cream. No, you didn't get cream? Claude, Claude, where are you from? I, I didn't get cream. I'm where from Brooklyn. Yes. Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn. What state? <clears throat> it is. Yes. Yes. I Listen. What, what state is Brooklyn in? Listen, for the people, for, for listen, our international listeners. It is in New York. All right. New York. Okay. Um, and the Wu-Tang Clan, who made the song Cream back in 1993, um, where are they from? They are from Staten Island. Which what state a, is that? It is a section of the city of New York. Yes. Of New York. The same state that you are from. Now, would you say <clears throat> that Brooklyn is a borough <clears throat> of New York? like you are wasting the listeners time because we got a lot of topics to get through tonight I don't feel like all right all right i, I, I should have okay, got cream i should have i'm gonna just jump to the chase new york claude let y'all down and he, he let y'all down because he could not guess cream now mm-hmm. i guessed it my yeah. southern self guessed it you are off southern of, off of one second of the song you still country he went through all 15 and did not guess it I did not. I didn't. I was so, off my game. I was in the car with the kids. I was trying to juggle managing my attention. So I, okay, just one, one, one last, one last follow up question. I was like, oh, what, okay. what did you guess? What, what I song? <laughs> I didn't guess anything. I just kind of played it through. So I didn't even make an attempt. I think that's worse than actually trying. But okay, let's get into our let's get into our busted topics. <laughs> Turn it up. So, <laughs> you read the articles or no? I did. Eugene did not. <laughs> I can follow along. All right, so I'm gonna start off with shouting out the little four year old uh, Riker Webb. They actually found him two days. He survived two days in the Montana wilderness. They found him alive, but he was thirsty, hungry, and a little tired. So you said four-year-old. He was actually three. Yeah, that's what I'm saying here on the article. I'm saying three. So I saw four and three. And then when CNN reported it, it was four. And then so I went off CNN. Then I saw three. So between three and four, a toddler essentially either either i was gonna say either way he's a toddler and that is wildly impressive 
that he yeah. had the mental acuity to and there it is in people. A... <laughs> there it is people that actually wasn't even the word <laughs> there it is claude's word of the day acuity to sleep in a what did he sleep in he a couple in a lawnmower bag bed. yeah he was a lawnmower of- bag I would have been like dead. one night it dropped to four, <laughs> and then the next night they had to call off the search because of thunderstorms. So he had the you know wherewithal to go find shelter and at least some some form of warmth. I wouldn't have made it. I'm gonna let y'all know. That oh, now. we, we I, know. I would not have made it. That would not have made it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think D would have made it either. Like I'm not the size of an adult. D is the size of a three year old. I definitely <laughs> so she probably could have fit inside of the lawnmower bag, but I don't know if you would have thought to get in the would lawnmower bag. Would you have even inside of a shed? I mean, if I saw one within like five minutes of walking. Well, yeah. all right, here's a here's a problem though. This was this is Montana. So if my black self is lost in the woods of Montana, you gonna I don't know if Montana. I feel safer in the woods or just walking up to some random shed. Oh yeah, I wouldn't mm-mm. No. Like, what am I taking my chances with? Do I want wolves or a gun? I might go with the wolves. I think yeah. I can take a wolf. I think you can't. I don't give Do you. Pro- you probably could have made it in the the squirrels would have probably <laughs> shown you how showed you how to get up to their to their lodging area in the trees. But oh, come on, come on, cousin D. <laughs> oh, y'all got jokes. Nah, but um, shout out to him. Little kid, Riker Webb, definitely out here uh, showing up some survivalists. Right, so look, that's also, about to be—he about to get a Netflix show, I bet you. No, a documentary. He, life from this point forward is going to phase that little boy. Nothing. Nothing. Which is kind of scary. A little bit, yeah, because he is Caucasian. So take that with what you are, will. Are you making assumptions <laughs> about an entire group I'm of people? Taking oh, a, oh my god! Educated. <laughs> statement <laughs> are you saying that he is predisposed to certain behaviors because of the absolutely. color of his skin absolutely that's exactly what i said text your mama don't i think that me. i think that's fair you know the color of your skin should have proposed you to cream being a song for today in hurdle but <laughs> hey, here we are <laughs> so wait, so are you saying that all black people should know the song cream yes i mean all yeah, black I, people should know, should know wu-tang and cream yes Yes. At least cream. All right. I'm not saying I didn't, I didn't I didn't get the song off the first you 15 seconds. I'm sorry. You failed black people today. You failed black people in New York. All right. You y'all tell me if this is fair. I haven't had fried chicken in 20 years, but if I Ooh. have a piece right now, would that make up for it? No. I would say yes. Okay. I would say yes. Just because some fried chicken. Yes. I would say yes, just because of the chaos that it is going to ensue <laughs> on your insides. <laughs> yes, you would make up for it. Yeah, I'm legit afraid of, of what would happen if I had a piece of fried chicken right now. Yeah, I want to see your problem. I'd do it for charity. Like, no, but I'm it's talking not- like a like. ALS ice bucket yeah, challenge, yeah. million dollars. The time for us to get the bag, and they say, "Well, it's going to be something in a bucket. It won't be ice." <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Colonel's twenty piece masterpiece. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, so California is talking reparations 
queen of the segue. Look at you. Do y'all agree or disagree? With what reparations? With reparations. With reparations. You ain't get me my money and get it now. Yeah, yeah I agree with reparations. Okay, but what happens if so originally reparations were only I think allotted to 40,000 slaves and it was supposed to be like 40 acres or whatever. I think equivalent that is equivalent to what 600 something billion dollars today. Mm-hmm. What if you're not a part of the 40,000 slaves that was supposed to go to? What if you're not a descendant? So you don't qualify for those reparations. Do you still support them giving out reparations? Yes. As the uh, I- <clears throat> the podcast history teacher here let me clarify some things so 40 acres and a mule uh originates from general order number 19 from i think it was, it was general sherman something or general mm-hmm. something sherman who promised formerly enslaved people that they would get land and 40 acre plots and a mule to work that land some of them actually up. got it and then uh you know how confederate governments do they came and they took that back right now and when we talk modern day reparations, as in specifically in this California article, they were talking about limiting it to people whose families were here in the 19th century. So I personally, I think that uh, enslaved or not, if you are Black in this country, you have been affected by racism or by race, racist ideologies on some level. But if we are if we are going to draw the line and say it is only to those who are formerly enslaved, I'm okay with that, even if it meant which I still qualify. But even if it meant that I couldn't get paid off of that, my mom is from Trinidad, but my daddy's from Harlem <laughs> right now. Uh, but, you, you got disqualified huh? with big ass cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, that, you did disqualify. Yeah, oh, y'all, y'all, seen <laughs> <laughs> y'all seen Atlanta? You seen Atlanta? All right. So here's here's my question. So the what the group is rep- recommending in terms of reparations is a uh, low guaranteeing low rates for African Americans to qualify for mortgages, free mm-hmm. healthcare, free tuition to California colleges and universities, and then scholarships for African American high school graduates to cover four years of undergraduate education. Right. Is that enough for y'all? Yep. It's enough for me. Because, I mean, that's more than anything that we've ever been given in the form of reparation. And those specific things would definitely help the progression of black people's lives. It would help the progression if it were actually given, but we know how this works. Things are promised on paper, which mm-hmm. these things would be essentially on paper, and they could easily be taken back or taken away. So no, give, give, me my, give me my paper, because if I'm promised a part of what should have been 40 acres, um, because I'm a, I'm a descendant, then that's equivalent to $16 million today. Give me my money. 40 acres and it was equivalent to $16 million. Well, the, the overall payout um, that they were in today's money was like six uh six hundred something billion. So if you break it down to how it's supposed to divvy out, it would be approximately sixteen million per person that would have gotten it if they're only basing it on that forty thousand, that forty thousand number. So that's sixty sixteen million per family essentially, not necessarily per person. Mm. Um, the the difficulty think, with that uh, is is 
you run into a whole lot of logistical hurdles there in terms of where's the money going to come from and right 16 million dollars obviously this country has no problem with debt but Exactly. The idea of we just gonna pay black people sixteen million dollars exactly that's, that's, that's the problem. That, they're not gonna ever do that. Um, and I'm I'm getting those numbers off of a. There was an article that came out. Um, it's a research that was uh, from Atlanta. I can't think of the name right now, and I should have pulled that. But Emory. No, not Emory. Um, I'll look it up and share with you guys later or after the fact. But I feel like. You're right. There would be a lot of logistics going behind it. Uh, they're not going to pay us that money. But at the end of the day, if I have to choose between what they're offering versus an, a direct payout, give me my direct payout. Don't assume I need you to safeguard what you are providing me to get me to help my community get ahead. Because then you're kind of limiting me on being able to work with just the resources you're providing. It's almost saying we don't think you're smart enough. To, to handle or, or you don't have the financial literacy to handle uh, that type of payout or a family can't manage that type of payout. And that's not true um, for a lot of families. So. A lot. All right. So. Money. So let's say. 60 million is not going to happen. No, it's, it's not. So, it's all talk. It's not going to happen. Of course. Based on what they're offering. Mm-hmm. What number is good enough for you to turn down what they're offering to accept? We can settle right now for 20,000. <laughs> 20,000? You a cheap date. Yeah, you a date. <laughs> no, I would, because I know it's basing your, it wouldn't just be for me. It's, it's basing on descendants, it's basing on generations. A million's not enough. Two oh, million. A million would be enough for me. Just cancel my student loan. Cancel all of my student loan debt and we can call it square. All right, hold on. All right, one time, <laughs> one time for the listeners to remind them of what's being offered. It's state subsidized, guaranteed low rates for mortgages, uh, free health care, free tuition to colleges and universities, or, or a scholarship to cover college for four years of undergraduate education. Do you take that? Or a hundred and fifty thousand dollar check, and that's it. I I got no kid, and I don't need no extra with housing. So go ahead and give me my check. <laughs> I, <laughs> would, from, from I my- would take. I would take what they're offering. You would take. What you were just ready to sell for twenty thousand, and now you're gonna take what they're offering. I would take. I would take what they're offering because that, those things can benefit me longer than a hundred fifty thousand. That hundred fifty thousand going to be taxed off the rip. True. That is true. Ta- I, a tax free one fifty. Wow. Yeah. We keep doing nah, nah. simulations. <laughs> Come on now. Give me my one fifty because I'm definitely about to invest and flip that. I know what to do with that. So and give I me. Say, I might. I might take the one. And no, I wouldn't pay off my student loans. But a Fed just listen. What would you say? You, you like Simon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think if the choice is one hundred and fifty thousand cash, I think I would take. Gosh, so I know it's my see, hypothetical, see, but is see, it is, is it your, for your, me or nah, 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 nah. you or my household? Question. You ask the question. So, so help me out. Here. Is it for me or for my household? It is for 
but I'm going to say it's for you because the I mean, rest of your house- it's, it's you. How the rest, you. I'm going to say it's for you because the rest of your household, it gets a little murky when we start looking at, <laughs> looking at bloodlines. Hey, <clears throat> as far as the rest of my now, household goes, what is how many other three out of the other four will qualify because of those bloodlines? This is true. I mean, they do have the one drop. <laughs> so if, if it's just me, just then you. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the cash. If it's my kids, exactly. though, I'm telling them you get you get that free tuition, you get that that free yeah. uh that that low mortgage. No, forget I mean, give me the mortgage. And interest rates kind of wild right now, though. But I would, I, I would still but you're, take, but you're guaranteed a low interest rate, though. I would still take the cash. We don't know what that low is, so no. Exactly. Give, give me my coin. I'm also assuming that I'm going to keep myself in good enough health that not taking the free health care won't come to bite me later. Because all the other stuff, like I'm out of school. When yeah. I get this PhD, it's going to be fully funded anyway. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're always trying to drop little coins to show us when I get this PhD, it's going to be fully funded. I'm, I'm really and I'm going to be coming back with even really bigger TI. I'm going to be coming back with even bigger TI words <laughs> on y'all. <laughs> oh, Yo, how do you feel uh, when Dr. Umar was caught talking to that white woman? <laughs> she was Persian. <laughs> <laughs> So again, how did you feel when Dr. Umar was caught talking to that white woman? Shorty was quick to say, I'm Persian. Um, yeah. I felt no way because Dr. Umar's business is not my business. But that's that's what you look that's, up to. That's your leader. Yeah. Dr. Umar? Dr. Yeah. Umar's leader. That's Dr. Wild. Dr. Dr. Umar and T.I. That's... I, I feel so. So you highly really, disrespected right now. So you really <laughs> gonna sit here on this podcast on Will Smith's internet and <laughs> tell these people that you don't have a shrine in your closet like Helga from Hey Arnold dedicated to Ti and Dr. Umar. That's what you're gonna say on Will Smith's internet. All I'm gonna say is Doc be having some points <laughs> for good. Like- I can't. Oh God! <laughs> Did you ever see that clip? No, and y'all do it every um, time. So you know how Dr. Umar tries. He when he like writes his speeches and stuff, you can very clearly see. And and every every speaker does this. You kind of oh, build in these these points where you think you're gonna get a loud pop from the audience. <laughs> and he's got this joint where he's talking. <laughs> And he's like, I'm not going to psychologize. Yo, what? what is it like? I'm not going to psychologize your young men or whatever, because they're going to go in jail for good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, he said they're going to be sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yo, he cracks me up. Ever since that you remember man when he was on the breakfast club? Money, I can't. He was on the breakfast club. He was like, they had to free Mill to kill Bill. <laughs> You know he thought he was dropping gems right there. Oh, yeah. You couldn't tell me he wasn't. All right. So, also this week, we had the Tennessee pastor, Greg, Greg Locke. Who, Chile? Chile. Y'all heard him go off. Yeah. Um, if you are a Democrat, according to him, you're a demon. 
Yeah. And he don't want you in his church. Mm-hmm. Is that one? Why does he have? Well, I know why. I can't even ask that. <laughs> <laughs> Claude, you are, you know, our, our uh, resident theologian. Resident, yeah. Because, um, you know, you're on first line with, with God and stuff. Well, how, watching that clip, what, are, what were your first thoughts? All right. So first of all, <clears throat> from the very beginning of this podcast, I have very purposely tried to not make this a religious podcast. Yes. Uh, those of you who we actually we have a, we have a pretty large non-Christian audience. Right. But we also have a really large Christian audience. And that is because a lot of my work outside of this is is in the Christian realm. But I I very purposely wanted to have a quote unquote non-Christian podcast. With that said, and I think all of us on this podcast would identify as Christians, uh, you don't don't check that at the door. Like that goes with you wherever you go. Uh, It it is a part of your DNA. It seeps into who you are. So every so often there will be times where there are topics in which we need to address and talk about where where that is going to come out. So for our non-Christian listeners, hey, especially with this and the next topic, listen with an open mind, converse with us, chat with us. We can, we can dialogue about these things. Uh, now, with all of that said, <laughs> as I watched Pastor Locke go on his little rant, mm-hmm. the only thought I had in my mind was go ahead and watch white supremacy work. Uh, <clears throat> so there is a, and this, you know, historically speaking, it started back in the 19, I want to say the 1970s, maybe 60s, 70s, where you had the rise of what is known as the religious right. And this idea of the moral majority that is going to save America from its uh, wayward hippie sinning ways. So mm-hmm. everything we see right there is born out of that movement, which includes this idea that if you are a Christian, then you have to vote Republican because only Republicans eschew Christian values. Uh, that is not true, but that is also not to say that Democrats are the ones who issue Christian values. Because I think if we if we take a clear eye to both sides, we will see that uh, if Jesus popped down here today, he would not recognize a home in either camp. One of my favorite quotes. So Greg Locke is a pastor in uh, the suburbs of Nashville. One of my favorite quotes comes from Scott Sauls, who is a pastor in Nashville. And it is, I'm too conservative for liberals and I'm too liberal for conservatives, said anyone following the whole Jesus. I think Pastor Locke has a weird worldview in which he thinks Christianity fits neatly with Republican politics because it doesn't. And I think all you have to do is read the Bible to find that. Um, I think so. If you are a historically Orthodox Christian and you are you are going to be pro-life, you're going to be pro um, the traditional view of marriage, generally speaking. But when we go outside of that, because that tends to be the only issues that they focus on. Jesus said to feed the poor. Uh, Republican politics have a tendency to tell the poor to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. It's very weird to me when people say that they are pro-lives, pro-life, but support policies that put assault rifles into the hands of people to take away lives. 
machines that their only purpose is death, uh, supporting policies that take away health care from 20 to 30 million people. There's nothing pro-life about that. Uh, and I mean, we can go even further down the rabbit hole. This idea that Jesus was a capitalist, uh, stupid, and reading into the Bible what you want to see there. And that's not to say that socialism and communism are perfect forms of government because they're not. But the idea that it's capitalism or bust is weird. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I can... I can talk. We, about okay. Food. So, you see. yeah, because you, you're going to use all your big words. So, <laughs> what big word did I use in that? All in up, that little. If you're talking to. I'm from Bull City and we know that there's some people. Bull City, son. Especially from down here or in Charlotte, even in Baltimore. Don't play with me. Um, that would not. Understand I don't know who's playing with you, but I'm not from that would not understand a, a good bit of that, what you said. I mean, we get it. But in in short form, short form if you were in a church, because I know you visit churches um, and you've done some projects with the youth. If you're visiting a church and you hear that type of rhetoric, do you get up and leave? Yeah. Ooh, Chile. Uh, it depends. Yeah. What am I there for? How did I end up in that? in that building you could have been I... by a fellow person to say help come help the youth and you're just visiting i would have to leave so Excuse i me. wouldn't leave because if i'm just there for a part and this is so this is something i specialize in right i i've been traveling in this country since 2016 giving talks on racial justice and the gospel right and i have been everywhere from grand forks north dakota to lacrosse wisconsin uh i get to i know those are actually pretty close <laughs> to each other. i like anderson indiana i've been i've been to phoenix <laughs> portland oregon is, is that better uh <laughs> man said north dakota to wisconsin <laughs> you mean you went down the street first of all these are places you've never been thank you so you I don't know, know how far it is i know what a map look like <laughs> which is better than the average American. So I'm proud of you. Uh, but in those situations, I get to drop in, say my piece and dip. Like, so I can come in, I can say whatever I want. Mm-hmm. I can challenge you in whatever ways I want. And then I'm gonna leave you to pick the chips up and, and deal with that on your own. So and- I would directly challenge everything that he said. Would not. Uh, I would directly challenge most of what he said. The... It's really problematic parts. And then I and go you, home. You I'm going to sleep. Sleep. go sleep in my bed in Brooklyn and be fine. <laughs> Eugene, you would just, you just bounce. You mm-hmm. just leave. Yeah, I mean, because I'm the complete opposite. Like, I'm not going to sit there and argue with somebody who that is their logic. Like, that's what you believe is, is true. And that's how you live your life. Like, there's no point in going back and forth with you. Well, I'm no not arguing with him. If I'm being even to do a project like with, to just, with the youth, but to just question that in a group of people who are in agreement with that, like I just oh, I yeah. don't have the all the people can. Well, see, but so this is my and this is why I am willing to do it because in my experience, you enjoy having chaos. not even enjoying chaos, <laughs> having given talks all over the country, specifically a lot to to groups like this. There are always people in there who are uncomfortable with that. There are always people in there who are like, I, I don't think this is right. And somebody needs to be able to talk to them. 
I happen to be, I, I think this is nothing more than a gift of God. I happen to be blessed with, with a level of patience for these conversations that given the rest of my life does not seem normal, but I'm able to have them. And then I go home and sleep in my bed in Brooklyn. I, I, and maybe in a different setting, I would be okay, like sitting and having a conversation with someone. But in church, I just feel like this is something that you all believe as like part of your Christian walk or part of your part of your religion. Like you believe that this is part of it. So trying to steer your steer your viewpoint away from that is that's a big hole that I'm just not willing. I'm not willing to lift. And that's fair. I mean, you know, there's different workers for different jobs. Yeah. It, I was say it ain't for everybody because <clears throat> I, I would have had to I would have had to step away at least go to an extended uh, bathroom break and come back when service is done. <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing I found interesting in that video was the commentator at the end because you, you sent us a, a video of someone mm-hmm. kind of doing commentary on it was he talked about how you know they're by a pastor lot calling all Democrats demons and devils and I think this is something that people do on both sides is what we do is we, as humans, we specialize in otherizing people. And if right. I can find a way to make you other, especially today, it's if I can find a way to make you evil, mm-hmm. then I don't have to engage with evil. I can, any tactic I use to stamp out evil is justified and okay. And I think that is a big problem in, in terms of how we deal with each other on on a personal level when we disagree is on we immediately level. paint the other side evil. And if you're evil, I don't have to engage with you and I can say and do whatever I want to you. And it's justified. And I right. think that if you are a Christian, that does not jive with who Jesus says we are, what we are to do and be in this world. Exactly. Okay. So uh, while we're already for the smoke. Now that we've upset the conservatives, now let's upset the liberals. <laughs> <laughs> some more. So, and, and I, we won't stay on this topic long because uh, Claude has a very great topic that he's going to cover for us. Um, mm-hmm. But I did point I out. Do? Don't play with me. <laughs> I did want to point out. Um, so the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, this is Pride Month. Shout out Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Happy Juneteenth. All that great stuff. Recently, MLB, there was some smoke because. Some of the Tampa Bay Rays players decided not to wear the rainbow colored logos um, on the team's annual pride night to recognize the LGBTQIA plus community. And so the Rays pitcher, Jason Adam, he made a statement. And the comments under this post. Um, you should re- read his statement so we have by full context. Uh, ESPN. So shout out to ESPN for dropping the the full context. He says, it's a hard decision because ultimately we all said what we want is them to know that all are welcome and loved here. But when we put it on our bodies, I think a lot of guys decided it's just a lifestyle that maybe not that they look down on anybody or think differently. It's just that maybe we don't want to encourage it if we believe in Jesus who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior. It's not judgmental. It's not looking down. It's just what we believe the lifestyle he's encouraged us to live for, not for our good, not to withhold. 
But again, we love these men and women. We care about them and we want them to feel safe and welcome here. And that comes from the raised pitcher again, Jason Adam. That was his statement. So I just, I just want to add that Jack Flaherty said absolute joke. Yes, he did. That was his whole response. What what did he what did he mean by that? What did who mean? Jack. Jack? He's an absolute joke. Like absolute joke. Like we would never wear this, or absolute joke that people didn't want to wear it. He's absolutely. He was saying it's an absolute joke that people did not want to wear it. So he called the race players who opted out an absolute joke. Gotcha. Um, a lot of people are saying, you know, his response is perfect. You have a good bit of people in the comments that say, who cares? Um, at the end of the day, they're there to do their jobs, which is play baseball. So why are we even focused on this? Um, I, does he have, can he just say no? Does he, can he just turn down wearing a part of his uniform to do his job? If he feels it doesn't align. Go ahead, Eugene, Um, I'll let you start. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I believe, I think he has that right. Like, I look at it like when back in 2020, when the NBA, when everybody was putting like, messages and Black Lives Matter and this has to stop and whatever the message they were putting on the back of their jerseys. Excuse me. Everybody didn't do that. Gene nervous right now. I'm not nervous. (laughs) (laughs) I really need some water, but I don't want to leave. Everybody didn't do that. And they had the choice to do that or not. And so I don't see this as any different. Like this is something that he does, does not align with his personal views we're not going to tell someone who has to wear a hijab, hey, you can't wear that because this is the uniform that we always wear. You wouldn't do that to them. So why is this any different? Now, granted, that is that is directly aligned with their religion. And this is not necessarily as aligned, like it's not part of a uniform for his religion, but it aligns with his religious beliefs. And I think that he he has that right. I think in the same way, you wouldn't tell a Muslim man on bacon night, yo, you need to have this bacon. You, you got to eat this bacon <clears throat> because because we want to show solidarity to all of our bacon lovers. Right. And that swine is divine, my brother. Swine uh, is divine. Right. And I, I mean, I, I'm in agreement. I don't think that I, I think it should be a choice. Um, I think I'm one of the rare few that, you know, I saw a lot of teams, Black Lives Matter, you know, they put it on their uniforms, they put it, you know, all over, they did the whole blackout thing, even I participated. Um, but to me, it's it's about action. So for MLB, yes, you're supporting, um, you know, that the community and you want to ensure or let it be known that you respect um, the LGBTQIA community. Plus. Uh, plus. Plus community. However, do it in action. You know what I mean? Like encourage or support some of your players that to, to feel comfortable if they should, or you know, be supportive of your, of your <laughs> part of that community or what have you. Don't just do it for show. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, who cares? Like it, it's almost like you created this issue and, and for what? Because now you have the race pitcher that looks like a jerk. 
and you have this other guy that looks like you know he's off in support of or a hero depending on which side you fall on right you're uh, right depending on which side you fall on um it just creates this kind of noise unnecessarily um because at the end of the day support the community you know be respectful everyone is human keep it at that but i don't think it should ever be a one of those things where you're having to force someone to wear something they may not be comfortable with because the same goes to um you know somebody from the community that may be forced to wear a I'm straight shirt or you know some type of shirt that they don't that doesn't align with them but we would would you look at them and say how dare you it it's crazy i thought it was a a non-issue a noise issue i don't think he's wrong for how he feels and what he stands i mean can we also just end the the corporate woke divism at this point yeah hey preach all of a sudden on June, on June 1st, every company so LGBT affirming and every, yeah, supportive every, now. Did y'all, see the, did y'all see the Burger King bottles? Two oh, tops and two bottles. Yes. <laughs> did you see the Walmart ice cream twink flavored? It's like I'm they disturbed. It's they do too much. Yeah. For what? Like you the fake the fake allyship. Needs that to go. part. That part. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're doing the most. July, July 1st, none of that is going to matter. None it's of it. It's out the door it's, June 28th. Yeah, because they got to start getting ready for 4th of July. Are we going to have rainbow buns by the end of the month? Oh, we already probably, got them. Probably by next year. Be we, we already Are we going to have American flag buns next? I mean, if we're going to support with the changing of food and everything else, then we might as well keep it going. All right, so let's play a... Uh... Just play a little more into the controversy. What did you guys think about his comments of saying, hey, we might like we love you, but I don't want to put that put that on my body because it it goes against my religious beliefs. Like, is that is that an acceptable position? Honestly, I would have been fine had he not pulled Jesus into (laughs) it. Like, just say you're not comfortable and leave it at that. At the end of the day, you don't have to explain yourself. Yeah, he really didn't have to. Didn't have to. He should have pulled the Chet Hanks, right? Just Z Way was like, "You want to apologize to anybody?" He was like, "No, no." Like, Are you sure? <laughs> you could tell she didn't know what to do with that because he was like, nah, "I'm, I'm good." We live in a we live in a world where people expect for you to explain yourself or give an explanation behind your actions, and there is so much power in no. And that being it, even, even my mom, she doesn't understand. Like, she'll legit ask me something. She came a couple weeks ago and she was like, can I take this bag? She was in my closet in one of my travel bags. She was like, can I take this? And I lost mine. No. She was like, well, why? Because I said no. But <laughs> it, it doesn't need, an, you don't need an explanation for things. I don't want to wear this logo simply because I don't feel comfortable. Allow anyone else to interpret it however they want to. I well, it- even if even saying I don't feel comfortable is isn't that even an explanation on some level? Just like nah, I don't want to. That's not enough. I mean, you're right. It's, it's not enough. They have to know why you don't. Want to. Is he could have just snatched the board and then snatched it off on the field, and then we got bigger questions. But <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do that. He turned it down before stepping out on that field. At the end of the day, they're there to play baseball. That is what they did. As long as they were not naked, 
they wore their uniforms. How do we get there? You know, little people's how minds, did, they don't work you, like everybody else's. How did you get to naked? <laughs> because he wore his uniform. It was a Hold uniform. On, baby, turn the lights off. Let's go. <laughs> so you did you don't know cream, but you remember that song. Okay. Yeah, that little that little Marcus Houston for you. Yeah, but you don't know who's <laughs> So that's all we got this week for the Buster Rhymes topics. Turn it up! I think there was a few other things that happened, but not really relevant here. So, you know, Claude being the go-to person that, you know, wants to be on time for everything. I said, I will have these topics ready for you by Tuesday. Like, <laughs> I get a tech, we get a group tech. Uh, what's the topics? I don't know, Cloud. What do you want to talk to be? So he decides to share some research. Five million articles. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing a lot of reading lately. <laughs> I literally I put screenshot in there because that was the best summation. I didn't think I was, I was like, going to come back. What? I saw it. I was like, you want to talk to this. Yeah. So that this is definitely you leading. So please explain to the listeners what this research is and walk us through it. All right, so I, I've been doing a lot of reading and listening to Ob- things lately. Obviously. <laughs> There's a, this one thing that keeps coming up across just a ton of different areas of life, different subject matters. You guys know I, I read pretty widely, and it's 2050. It's what the year 2050 is going to look like. So we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. I just, I just kind of want to get your. your no, no, thoughts, no. We're so. all the time. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't have all the article. time. It's already after ten o'clock. We don't spend all the time. Yeah, I, I still got to clean up, man. And I got, listen. I got, I got. Stuff what are you doing before the pocket? What are you guys doing? I was putting my business. children to bed. I was you cleaning literally, the kitchen. Okay, Eugene was doing something. You literally done nothing but eat snacks. I was putting my children to bed. I mean, I don't know how valid that is because I got yeah. on late and you were sitting down snacking with your wife. Yeah. Yes, because it was time for the pod to start. But before that, I was putting my kids to bed. I mean, that's cool. You know, right, let's, anyway, get, let's get to the topic. You got stuff anyway. to do. So 2050 is 27 years away. And as we all know, oh wait, 20, 28 years away. As we all know, 28 years can actually go by pretty quickly uh, in the blink of an eye. And the projections for what life will look like in 2050 are just a little concerning to me. So Black wealth is projected to be zero by 2050. Uh, 70% of people will live in cities. China's population is shrinking. Uh, Chronic disease, heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes are all going to go up astronomically. The cancer rate will double by 2050. The southern half of the United States will be uninhabitable due to climate change. One third of adults, oh no, one third of people, and this includes children, will will have type 2 diabetes. The UN projects the world population to be 9.7 billion. And then to round it all off, 40% 40% of jobs will be lost to automation by 2050. So I've been, 
obviously these are a bunch of different topics, but they're a bunch of different things that I read about or I've been researching. And just over and over, I kept seeing life looks like it's going to be pretty funky in, uh, in 2050. So amongst those things, I'm curious, what, what stands out to you guys? Um, uh, obviously, the projection of Black wealth for me. Obviously, the projection of Black wealth, but also that the southern half of the U.S. is going to be uninhabitable. Seeing how I live in the southern half of the U.S. Mm-hmm. So the black I'm just, I'm just hoping Jesus comes as a Christian. I'm so listen. Jesus I'm waiting before, the, before 2050. I've been waiting on Jesus putting them slides on and walking on down here for a long time. <laughs> so that that black wealth one was was actually the first one, like the first 2050 stat that I came across when I was uh, when I was writing my Black History course. And what's interesting is that black what is it like the average black net worth in this country is like eleven thousand dollars the average white net worth is one hundred and seventeen thousand dollars and so we already eleven thousand dollars is nothing i know y'all got on me last last episode about saying ninety dollars ain't nothing i'm gonna go ahead and double down and say if your net worth is eleven thousand dollars like that's that's nothing and to think that we're going to go from nothing to the absolute bottom is very scary. And I, I'm wondering what is happening that we are are trending in that direction. I would say lack of opportunity and resources. Like you think about the resources that are allotted for white families, you think about the schools that they're in, the neighborhoods that they live in, because the property taxes pay for the schools, so the schools have better resources. So those resources are able to get you into better higher education um, institutions because you're able to get, you're able, you have access to a wider range of resources that kids in schools, kids in neighborhoods that go to schools that are underfunded don't have access to. And that just follows you all throughout life. And so when you are at the age when you're graduating college, you have, you have less that you are, less that's accessible to you because you did not have those resources growing up. So now you have them to, when you do grow up, you're like, okay, I see these things, but how do I get to The scary thing about that is all of that is true today. And mm-hmm. over the next 30 years, it's just going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. It's like that's the scary worse. part. And then you think about, I don't remember the exact uh, income stat, but so there's, there's the, the wealth disparity, which is measured in your net worth. And then there's the income disparity, which I really, I don't remember it off the top of my head and I should have it in front of me, but basically the average black income is like 60% of the average white household's income. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're just going to keep making less and less money as 40% of jobs are going to be lost to automation. Jobs Mm -hmm. that tend to be occupied not we, we obviously we only make up 13 percent of the country but we disproportionately represent those those jobs that will be lost to automation you know think your cvs worker your bank teller uh a whole bunch of other stuff uh truck drivers actually the number one job in most states is truck driver and if old Elon has his way, we're going to be having self-driving trucks Elon and Jeff they're we're going to be having self-driving trucks in 
Yeah, like it's going to be a full suite the, in the next 10 years. They have years. a semi-electric, uh, semi-electric uh, 18-wheeler now. I think it drops this later this year or it's coming. I just saw an article for it not so long ago. Yeah. So this is why people like, um, what was the dude's name that was running for mayor of New York? A- Andrew, Andrew Yang uh, promotes something like a universal basic income. Because we are going to be at the point very soon where there literally won't be jobs for people. The jobs that will be there will be the person who maintains the machine. And a lot of people are going to be unemployed. A lot of people are not going to have income as apparently the southern half of the United States is heating up and we're all being herded into cities that are now going to be significantly overcrowded. Uh, The rich will obviously find ways to segregate themselves and not be in the midst of that. But those who are there, it's going to be like living in the slums. Things just aren't looking good. I just read this, uh, what was it, this afternoon, Manhattan landlords are rejecting single tenants if they make less than 160K. Wow. You already have to make, I think it's, you have to make 40 times your rent here. Manhattan is requiring Most places. Manhattan alone is requiring 60 times. Which is crazy because you'll make 60 times your rent and still be barely making it. You'll make 60 times your rent to qualify for the apartment mm-hmm. to pay mm-hmm. month to month. Are you paying 60 and that, times? And that's normal. Rent each month? That is insane. If you don't want me to live here, just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, as, as someone who plans to own uh, rental properties, I understand the landlord's desire for security and knowing that you have the ability to make make the payments. But at mm-hmm. some point, it's, that's just ridiculous, man. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it begs the question, are we really trying to help everyone? I guess that, that's my main question. When, Is that really a question? Well, that's a rhetorical see- question. It is. But when you see all these like initiatives, city initiatives, federal initiatives, oh, we're going to help with this or we're going to provide, you know, minimum income for everybody. Like, are you really if you're providing me an income, is it really going to be something that I can live off of? Or is it something that I'm going to have to just give right back for my basic necessities to be met? Yeah, I mean, so that that's a, a really, a really interesting thing. I'm reading this book right now that's about, it's kind of about urban planning, but it's really more about political uh, economic theory. And yeah, like you look at the policies we have, are they really set up to help the most people? And that is on both sides. The answer is no. Mm-hmm. I think you you look at, to kind of bring it back, you look at a lot of uh, these democratically run cities and they have some of the worst homeless rates in the country. Yeah. Uh, and but these are the people who are fighting, fighting for a bigger government, uh, more spending on social services. And you have to look at the at the outcome and say, where where's this money going? So for and again, I don't understand why these things tie together, but for people like Pastor Locke, who thinks that uh Democrats are demons, a part of his ideology is smaller government take away all the social services, all the safety nets, and just let capitalism figure it out. 
But what we've seen over the last hundred years of capitalism is just a, a bigger and bigger divide in terms of wealth and quality of life. So you, you can't tell me that that's the answer. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, uh, to Amsterdam next year. And I, I'm really interested in seeing just kind of the way the country is set up because they, they have this form of, of democratic socialism, I think, there. I know they have it in Sweden and the other Nordic countries. I think they have it there too, where it, it is kind of set up to say, all right, we are going to make sure that people, people aren't struggling for basic necessities, that mm-hmm. you know we're going to try to get the poverty rate as low as possible. And with that comes trade-offs, right? Like they pay incredibly high taxes, but are those high taxes worth it if everyone is truly taken care of and we live in a place in which right now we say, no, it's not worth it because I need to have as much as I can personally. But I feel like it does because it trickles down. It prevents, it prevents someone coming and trying to take what you have that they cannot afford. You, you talking Reaganomics with me? Uh, I was about to trick, say trick, trick or down theory. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an 80s baby, master Reaganomics. <laughs> so if I if I have my basic necessities, um, yeah, I don't have to come take it from, from this person because they, they have more. And I will say just as of recently, I think most recent, taking a walk. Um, I happen to be in, in up downtown Charlotte area. And I did not realize how much our homeless community had grown. Like I, yeah. I it grew with the when the pandemic started, but to know like you have a lot of policing during the during the day to where they you know there's no sleeping on the benches. You don't really see a lot of homeless people, or they're always moving. But at night, oh my god, it reminded me of San Francisco. It reminded me of <laughs> for one part of it, I thought I was back in Seattle. Like it's it's mm. it's bad. Seattle is. It's gotten bad. Port Portland and Seattle. It's yeah, and, it's bad. So I, I don't know, man. It's a process, but I, I wish that, I guess the the wealthy or the rich would would realize at some point this government bubble that is being you know blown to say, hey, it's your responsibility. Yes, we need more money for social security and social um, things and groups to take care of our people that are in need. At some point in time, history has shown they're going to then go to the rich and say, now nah, we need y'all to take care of it. So it's while there's a lot of divide right now, I don't it, it's going to impact both sides. I think that by the time it affects the rich, it will be so far gone that they'll throw a little money at it and the government will be like, OK, well, they did it because you got to think about it. The government are part of that rich. They're part of that that group that has excess money. Because all of their money is not just from, you know, their paycheck working for the government. They have private businesses that they are, that they've been affiliated with. They get kickbacks from different companies. So they would be affected too. So they're gonna, if they do end up going after the rich, they're gonna drag their feet with it. And by the time it's gonna, it's gonna be too far gone. All right, so uh, another one of these concerning 2050 projections, chronic disease pretty much doubling or I'm yeah, pretty much doubling where basically everyone is going to have some sort of 
chronic disease by 2050. We, we live in a time right now where I think it's 70% of Americans are, no, 88% of Americans have some sort of metabolic deficiency, whether that be heart disease, diabetes, um, high blood pressure, 88% of us do. On top of that, I think we're at, I want to say like 50% obesity or no, 60% of us are overweight, 44% are, are obese. So we just going to be a bunch of, I don't, I don't want to say this word. I don't mean it. I don't mean it in a pejorative way, but we're going to be a bunch of fat, sick people living on top of each other. Nah, y'all seen Wally, right? So, you know, they had the little chairs that carry you. So you was fat. You can't walk. You had a chair. (laughs) What do you think it'll stake? It'll stake. It'll take for for that to change, for like to us to actually care about health in this country? I think that the desire and the drive for pleasure is gonna have to go back because mm. people are, they're not, people are not willing to put aside what they desire to eat and what they desire to consume. Mm-hmm. And, they're not going to put aside their comfortability in order to stay healthy. You're like, well, I want to drink the juice. So I'm going to drink the juice. So I'm not going to drink the water. <clears throat> I'm going to eat the, I want the fried chicken. So I'm going to eat the fried chicken. We live in a society where it's, you can have whatever you want as long as you have the means to get it. And I, until that, until that changes, like people are just going to continue to indulge yeah. in whatever they want to. People do like, not have, I will say firsthand, I have, I have tried my best to lead by example and encourage, you know, my family, my friends to take a step back from sugar, take a step back from fatty foods. Oh, you know, we, we love sugar. Processing. Love sugar. So love I yet have somebody join me. Um, so every once in a, in a while, I'm going to, it's going to be kicking back up here again. So if you guys want to join me, hey, let me know. Um, to do what now? To where I I don't eat I don't consume sugar at all I don't drink it I don't I don't eat fruit any any seasonings like all of the Cajun seasoning and the season blends a lot of them have sugar I don't season my my food with anything that may have sugar in it um, and I any of my like breakfast meats I usually just get like chicken or something that does not have sugar. <laughs> I, I just do a little fast forward on there for the listeners. Yeah, <laughs> but I I did that. I think the last time I did it, I did it for 36 days. And that comes with drinking your coffee black. If you're drinking tea, you're not adding honey. It's legit. You're not only resetting your digestive system, but you're denying yourself. and You're disciplining yourself to say, hey, I don't need these things. And to increase whenever I wanted something sugary in the first 15 days, I easily drink a gallon of water all I did was drink water I thought about food I drank water because a lot of times when we're quote-unquote hungry sometimes we're actually just in need of water because our body needs that but I say all that to say I learned doing that process during that process myself you'd be amazed or maybe you wouldn't how many of my close relatives and my friends they're just like, oh, you've done it for this long. You can have Oreo. Oh, you've done it for this long. You can eat apple. Oh, you've done it for this long. You 
you can have sweet tea. You can. And it's like, no, like I, I'm not doing it. It's a <laughs> what a boy say. It's above me now. Like I'm not just doing this <laughs> to say I did it. Like I'm doing this because I feel better. My body fat percentage. You know, black people. They, I think only people I work out with care about body fat percentages, but it matters. Those things matter. It's not just your weight. It, it other things take, and you have, you have to take into consideration. So I feel like until we are disciplined enough to say no to certain things, um, like Eugene pointed out, nah, we, we definitely heading for, for some issues. And they're just going to keep putting stuff in the food because we're going to keep buying it. Well, so another problem with the food is you have people who are paid handsomely to engineer flavors so that you won't stop eating them. Yeah. That old Pringle slogan, once you pop, you can't stop. It is because they have engineered those okay. flavors to be oh. so good that, <laughs> no, you that you are you are addicted to them. Have you ever seen a documentary Fed Up? Uh, it sounds familiar. I think I might have. Oh, Yo, oh, I think I did. So if you haven't seen it, I think it's it might be on Amazon or Netflix. Oh, it's on one of them. Just look it up. But uh, it's it's a documentary about. Uh, food addiction specifically sugar and there's this one point in the documentary where they're they're following this family and the mother who is obese looks at her obese I want to say he was 10 years old and the doctor's like yo you like you need to get on this like he has a lot of problems that he shouldn't have actually I don't think he was even 10 I think he might have been like five and she goes I know this sounds crazy to you and she starts crying she goes I love my son, but I love, I love chocolate too. And I don't want to have to give it up. And like, if, if that she does not sacrifice her son for chocolate, if that does not tell you the power of addiction that this food has on us, we just went through a whole Pensatucky in what? It's not like a whole nother addiction. It's <laughs> not like another type of addiction. <laughs> Wanting to give we, your child up for you. For your Listen, addiction. We just went through a whole Pensatucky in which we were told that eating right and exercising would have a tremendous effect on how we handled this virus and our outcomes for it. And not once, we are two and a half years in, not once. Well, I guess they, they started now, but it took them a very long time to say, hey, maybe we should eat right and exercise. That is deeply concerning. Nah, everybody want crab legs. Listen, y'all got y'all little stimmies. Y'all got y'all little stimmies and bought every crab leg in the ocean. Stop buying crab legs from the grocery store. I want if all 15 of our listeners. Let me tell you something. Being a nerd has saved me in so many ways. Crab legs from the grocery store are not real crab legs. The next time you're at a grocery store and they got a big old sale sign and you calling all your friends and saying, oh, let's go buy these bags. Go read what the ingredients are. Stop buying crab legs from the grocery store. I just, I thought you stopped buying them because you couldn't reach them, but that makes more sense. (laughs) Well, actually, I could reach them and (laughs) I could have the guy from, you know, hand them to me if I needed to. But no, they're not real crab legs. And it really just bothers my soul that I still have cousins that, oh, you know, such and such got bags on sale. It's like, 
if y'all would only just read, just look. Eugene, read. Why? <laughs> I knew you was about to say something. To me. I don't buy crab legs from the grocery store. <laughs> the unfortunate I'm- thing is the overwhelming majority of the food that we eat is highly processed. And yeah. all of that food is basically a chemical concoction of corn syrup, GMO flour, and sugar like it's it's crazy I I was reading this study and it was saying that teens today get 60% of their calories from highly processed foods I wrote a whole book that I'm shopping right now about how vegetable oil is one of the number one killers in our society our consumption of vegetable oil over the last hundred years has gone up like 60 fold and there's a direct correlation between the rise in the consumption of vegetable oil and all of these chronic diseases and what these projections tell me about basically everyone going to have some form of chronic disease in 2050 is that we're our food is just going to be more and more processed and we're going to be eating food-like products rather than actual food actual food you know white cheddar popcorn a lot of it is, is made. I don't I don't I don't want to be the one to listen, say beloved. I didn't want to be the one to say. <laughs> but I, I I topped it off with that with that or organic chocolate. All right. It's that cashew butter and vanilla bean hue, which hue, if you're listening, I would love for you to sponsor this podcast with your fine organic chocolate that you make. How much sugar is in that, please? And what? that let's see seven total grams of sugar percentage two servings in a bar so call it 14 grams of sugar which is about a teaspoon and a half no that's a tablespoon it's about a tablespoon of sugar so you you go pick up you go pick up a hershey's i guarantee you it's triple that yeah, yeah. I, well, I don't. I don't eat chocolate, so I don't eat chocolate. I, I can't eat <laughs> so there. <laughs> I, I'm also I'm a dark chocolate guy. I'm I'm seventy percent and better. I don't eat any of the chocolate. So <laughs> mm. <laughs> listen, we are oh, gonna get Eugene healthy this year. I'm on a podcast with two people. You on a podcast with two people that work out regularly and eat well. You well, gonna get healthy this year. How how is your knee, Eugene? Um, I got a steroid shot this week. Um, so I'm exercising it using the stationary bike and trying to do some some weightlifting because Doctor basically said I have weak legs. <laughs> <laughs> you eat like a five year old, you get the legs of a five year old. I just I've never really paid attention to my legs but yeah, that was just something I just never did when it came to working out and I hate running well I running running basketball. doesn't build muscle so I get that you didn't, you didn't miss I anything. get that all right Joe well, what, are we, what are we talking about are we know what the topic because yeah, I'm, I'm tired I'm tired I'm tired of being berated on Eugene, what did you do to take podcast? care of yourself this week I had something and I forgot about because y'all sat here talking, <laughs> talking about my health. Like I'm trying to get my health better. Listen, shame, shame still works. All right, we are shaming you. No, I'm not. I'm better. not shaming. I'm the only thing I'm shamed into doing. No, don't be shamed. 
I was about to say something, but I'm gonna have to save that for after the <laughs> record as to, to what I was gonna do. Um, what did I do for myself? Uh, oh, come back to me. I had something. Who's not taking? Did you take a picture of me looking up? I sure did. Uh, no, I'm all, He so takes like the worst pictures, maybe posts. Worst pictures. I'm not about to repost that. Like my future husband might be. <laughs> like, he's not. He's not. Listen, if he know. can't take, if he can't take you, like Drake says, sweatpants, hair tied, chilling with no makeup on, then he don't deserve you. I mean, that might be true, but that would mean he got to see it first. Like. <laughs> yeah, I was Deep. wiping my face. Why are you trying to take a picture? <laughs> D, what did you do to take care of yourself this week? Oh, God. Um, what did I do to take care of myself? I had a deep, deep 10-minute prayer. I turned my phone off, I took my watch off, and I sat and I prayed. Um, I know this is not a, a religious podcast, but, you know, I do believe in a higher power. And with all that is going on in life. A higher power or the higher power, the my higher sister? Power, the well. higher. And with all that is going on, that, that life is throwing me right now. You know, they, the whole saying of life throws you lemons, you make lemonade at this point. Forget the lemonade, just give me vodka. Um, I need to sit down. <laughs> I need to sit down. You make vodka out of lemons? I don't even need the lemons no more. <laughs> so I had a, a really, a really, really come to Jesus um, prayer. And that kind of helped me reset. Um, it gave me my, my spiritual, you know, fortitude just to keep moving. Um, keep on this journey. It's not fun but all will work out. So that's what I did for myself. I dig it. Eugene, you figure out what you did yet? No. <laughs> uh, I went to Nashville last week to do some work. But while I was there, let me finish. Okay. While I was there on my first night, as I was checking into the hotel, this is a, ordering an Uber. This is a G-rated podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was ordering an Uber to take myself, mm-hmm. took myself on a date mm-hmm. to a very nice restaurant in Nashville. Shout out to Lyra. And that was it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed some very good wine and copious amounts of food. And copious. that was it. I, I you can't myself. just say a lot of good food. We just, just I enjoy some good food. Beloved. I'm sorry y'all don't read. By y'all, I mean Eugene. I don't understand how we're back on <laughs> me not like that had nothing to there do are, with your story. There's six months left in this year. We're gonna get you to read a book this year. I'm listening. Read a book, you. not an audiobook. I'm... No, 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 not an audiobook. <laughs> to read a book. Join Goodreads. I I'll be fine with that. You said what? If I could get you to join Goodreads, I'll be fine with that. What is Goodreads? See, if I could do <laughs> it, it's a social media platform for people who like to read. So we list yeah, all well, our books. And why would I join? Sometimes that? we leave reviews of the books we've read. Claude and I are friends. I mean, I can join it. I'm just going to take all of the suggestions and find the audiobook version. Oh, we know. <laughs> we know. So, what did you do for yourself? 
I mean, I got my, I got a steroid shot for my knee. So you followed through with a doctor's appointment that you t- already told us to <laughs> I got, it was either get the shot or we talk about surgery. How so, long was that needle? Like, was it pretty big? I didn't, I didn't look at it. I can't, I can't look at needles when I'm doing shots. Like, I just have to turn my head and just Ooh, take the it. The poor little baby has to look away when the big old needle's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't go wet wet at the doctor's office. There's some noise. <laughs> I have no shame. Did your wife did your wife hold your hand or did she go? go I went by, I drove myself. Did they mm-hmm. give you a lollipop after? No, they didn't have any lollipops. And uh, Mickey Mouse band aid. Something huh? to put it out. I, I did. It wasn't Mickey Mouse. It was a band aid though. I just threw it away just now because I finally convinced myself <laughs> that it wasn't bleeding anymore. <laughs> oh, the poor little baby got a shot. Oh, poor genie. I'm sorry. <laughs> You I did. A, I didn't want to take. You had a band I, I had the appointment month, since Monday. I did. I didn't want to take it off because I'm like, it may still be bleeding. So I you just took it off. Why we? Why we recording? Unexposed to soap and water since Monday because no, I would. I would peel it back and scrub a little bit and then put it back on. Jesus, be a not not in the shower though because I didn't want to get it too wet. So like outside of the shower, just once I'm dried off and scrub it a little like bit. You were taking whole baths not to get your bed. <laughs> Okay. How do, how's your knee been feeling since the shot? It's been all right. I feel a little click every now and again. But other than that, it's cool. So essentially how many more shots would you need? Or that, it's just that one? It's just that one, and I have to rehab it. Okay. So, and then I go back in six weeks. Hopefully I will be able to go back in six weeks. It may be a little bit longer than six weeks. So they gave you some leg workouts? Yes. Okay, cool. You've been doing them stretches all since you? Doing some squats, doing a little bit of stretching, doing my little kettlebell workouts, doing my thrusts, so I'm doing my legs strong. I'm gonna send you this guy I follow. Um, he's a he's a doctor. Well, I, I didn't I didn't know where you were going with you were gonna send me this. No, <laughs> I am a married man. <laughs> wow, flattered. I'm a married man. He's a doctor uh, slash trainer, and he trains like all like former athletes. But I love his videos because he explains. Um, he has like a, a few older women that are like former um, weight lifters competitors. And he explains like why he has them doing certain things um, to help with certain joints in their body. So you're saying he needs the grainy workouts? That's what no, I was going to ask. No, no, no. So are you saying that uh, I'm an older woman? Nah, these women, nah, they do some stuff I can't do. Like these women, they some beasts. They older, but they ain't now. They're beasts. I mean, that's, is it, uh, that's just, that's is it Joel Seedman? Who is it? Joel Seedman. I think that's his name. It might be. It might be. That sounds familiar. But he does have great workouts and he does a great job of explaining um, movement and how to not, you know, hurt yourself when you're lifting. So I think he'll be beneficial to you, Eugene, because at the end of the day, we laugh at your, you know, little legs, but we want you to be healthy. Health is wealth, beloved. We finish all we can. <laughs> <laughs> you see, this, this is the problem. You help you try to help people out and they ungrateful. This this is why you can't get a check and you just need to get what we give you. Yes, I can't get a check. It's, it's I can't get a check. It's a callback, baby. 
Ain't no reparations <laughs> over here. <laughs> wow. Not for you. I'm black blood. You half black. <laughs> you gonna cut me half a check? 75? I'll take it. I don't got nothing to cut. Sorry. I can't win the oppression Olympics against you too. No, oppression no. Olympics? Nah. You like the African dude at the end of the Atlanta episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We uh there is a new we don't need to get into this right now. We're not gonna get into this right now, but there is a new theory being bandied about called racelessness that was started by this black woman uh Rachel Dolezal she's, she's an academic no nah, no nah, this woman this woman's black black and it's basically the whole premise is racism isn't a real th- isn't it's not that it's not a real thing but it's more so it doesn't have the effect that that we think it does and we need to stop trying to blame everything on race and we need to just if that were the case then why are you busy on trying to ensure uh, critical race theory is not taught to children. Again, we're not gonna get into it today. But, right. Uh, right. <clears throat> racelessness can be a good topic one of these weeks. Racelessness can kiss my. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that a note, family podcast. Thank you for listening to that. another episode of Kicking It with the Homie. We appreciate you tuning in from all over this fine country. Shout out to our listeners in Charlotte, in Boston, in LA. What up? We see you in Portland. Love you. Texas. Thank you very much. And again, as always, we will shout out our listeners in the Ukraine. Uh, Hope y'all are doing all right over there. Shout out to our listeners in Argentina and our listeners in Trinidad because my family be supporting. Thank y'all. And on that note, please write uh, write a review, follow us, leave five stars. If they don't got five stars, Eugene, what should they do? They should read a book. <laughs> That's five stars for this fine American podcast. And we owe. Bye. <laughs> Kicking in with the homie. Kicking in with the homie. Kicking in with the homie.